What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get into my incredibly special guest for today, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons because you guys are the ones that keep me being able to have time to do this. Because even though this is a hobby and I have a great time doing it, um, I could be spending the time doing this being with my family or doing extra hours for my job or other types of work to bring in more funds. And those of you that help this be a secondary income source, I am 100% in debt to you. You are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nikki, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, and Shor Hansen Gusted. And to my newest patron, Paul Capello, um, very fitting that this is a Talkbuster episode. Paul was one of the very first people I worked with at Blockbuster. He's been on two episodes of this show, and I'm so happy to have him here helping support this uh, wonderful piece of therapy that I'm doing for myself. Uh, today's show is brought to you by The Last Blockbuster. I'm putting this episode out there to help promote that film. As of the time you're hearing this, that movie will have been out to purchase for about a month and will be coming out video on demand right now. Um, you'll be able to own it digitally right when you're listening to this. Also, just in case we haven't hit it yet, if I hit 150 patrons, one of you is winning a signed copy of the film on video, on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and I'm also going to be buying another copy for two more people just because I love you all so much and everyone has to see this movie. So with that, today's very special guest is Zeke Cam, writer. And I think part-time cinematographer or full-time cinematographer, I don't know, for the last <laughs> blockbuster. Zeke, introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, my name's Zeke Cam. I was the writer and producer of the last blockbuster. I also did uh, a fair amount of the cinematography. 
it was uh, it was very much a, a joint effort. Um, did some of the directing. Chris, uh, Chris, thank you so much for having me on the show, uh, and for all your support of the movie. It, uh, your review of the film was very moving, <laughs> and I really appreciated it because it was a oh. lot of work making this movie. And now that it's done, it's really nice to see uh, all the reviews have been really, really nice. It's it's great. Yeah, uh, th- and thank you so much. I um, I was very nervous about that review because I've been you know involved, uh, you know at least in knowing what's been going on for so long, and you know I've had. Taylor, um, you know, your, your co your cohort and, and director, um, <laughs> on, and, uh, you know, I've had Sandy on, you know, who's the star of the film, right. Many times. And so it, it's, it was so great to see something come through and still surprise me, you know, even though I knew so much about it, you know, I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure, you know, what the bent, what the angle that you guys were going to be going for was. And, you know, in talking to Taylor and, you know, it's great to finally talk to you because, you know, I got to talk to him and Sandy when they still weren't the last one in the world. Right. So like the first time I cu- touched in with them, there were still the ones in Alaska. There was still the one in Australia, you know, that no one really knew existed yet. You know, right. and there, uh, there was still, you know, this was the last one in America, you know, happened between those first two conversations. So the movie kind of, takes a takes a direction you know after that happens too just like the production of the film i imagine because you guys were working on this for how long uh boy i think at least three years right right and um you know i i want to find out you know what gets zeke to being involved in this movie first because i you know going through your imdb page and talking to taylor it's like oh you know, Zeke, you've been, you've been a part of my formative years <laughs> and I didn't know that. Um, but, but I also wanted to say, you know, b- before, before going through that, you know, were you involved with Taylor from the beginning or like, or, or how did, um, how did your original inclusion in the film come in? So t- it was Taylor's idea to do a documentary about Blockbuster. He is very, very much in love with Blockbuster he applied to work there multiple times. Never he he does say in interviews that they never hired him, so it's not a secret. Um, a funny, funny, quick tangent on that. I never officially passed um, one of the blo- the blockbuster things that gets you hired. Um, oh. So so that that's what's crazy. They had this crazy psychological evaluation they made you take. Um, that I don't know if you've ever, um, been, uh, been par- party to it, but like Best Buy and a whole bunch of those big stores, it was all bumped by the same company. And what it would do is it made you answer, you know, like from a scale of one to 10, if someone cuts you off in a parking lot, would you yell at them, flip them off? Would you follow them home and kill their family? And you sit there and go like, what? <laughs> like, and it, it's meant to see if you're paying attention. Right. Right. But if you if, but if you really pay attention and answer honestly, it like like we would we would sit there, you know, and try to figure it out after I ended up working there. But I went and took it and I came out red. I came up non hireable based on the answers to the thing. And I'm like, why? Like I, I answered honestly. <laughs> and they said, oh, that I basically happened. Fo- I honestly would have followed them home. 
Right. No, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, I'll show them the knife. Look, I have it right here. Isn't that what you want? No, but um, no. Uh, so our manager who, you know, it, it, it was a vetting mechanism, right? Like you could still override it and go, no, I want to hire this person. But it made it so, yo, you only interview the greens. You know what I mean? Like it made right. it um, easy for them. So they would always have to go, let me go find it in the printer. And they'd go and, uh, you know, override it. And then I got the interview anyway. But that happened with so many people, right? Yeah, everybody, just like Everybody wanted to work there. I'm sure yeah. they were getting slammed with applications all the time. We one time uh, applied as Jesus Christ with a fake social security number and he got the job. Nice. So I thought that was funny. Well, I'm sure he knew, I'm sure he knew someone in, that was higher up. Have him get exactly, in. exactly. Uh, but anyway, so, sorry for that tangent. But keep going. So right. yeah, T- Taylor Taylor always says he never got the job. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So you know he it's he's uh, he was definitely obsessed with blockbuster uh, throughout his adolescence and and even older. Uh, but Taylor and I were just friends. Uh, you know, we're both filmmakers in town and I said, I'd been working. I think I had taken like two days off in 400 days. I'd been very, very busy making films for clients. And I finally like set aside a week because I was about to collapse from not getting any time off. And for the first night uh, that I was taking off, I said, hey, Taylor, you want to come over and watch uh, my favorite foreign film? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So he came over, and right before I put it on, he said, hey, I've been interviewing the manager of Blockbuster. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure what it was going to be, but now I think I want to do my next feature about Blockbuster. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, the blockbuster here in Bend. And I said, there's a blockbuster in Bend? (laughs) (laughs) And so him and I have basically the same story about how, about seeing the store. It's just, I used to drive by it all the time and I'd think, ah, it's so sad. There's just an abandoned blockbuster there. Right. And Taylor used to think that. But then he pulled in and looked and saw that it wasn't abandoned. And I just never made that extra step. So I had no idea that it was there. I would just drive by it and feel sad. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's what we're all you know, accustomed to do now is there's plenty of places in the United States. And I've, I've driven by them in England where like I got I went on a work trip to England and I'm driving a blockbuster. Yes. And then pull in. And it's like, oh, it's boarded up, of course. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, why wouldn't we think, why, why would there be one left and why would it be in Bend, Oregon? Right. You know, yeah, it I, just didn't I, make sense. I had no idea. I really, when he told me that I was really surprised and, uh, and he said, do you want to make the film with me? And I was like, we're not going to watch this movie, are we? <laughs> so I didn't end up taking the week off. We immediately started working on it. And, uh, like I said, he had already had several interviews he'd done with Sandy. Um, but that week we really decided what the film was going to be about. I started writing it and 
uh, we wrote up a plan and then just started doing it. That's, that's awesome. Now I, I've made tiny films with friends, but, um, were, you know, t- Taylor, I've, I've seen pick it up and I've seen the movie he did about the refreshments. And so I get, I get his style and, you know, his style of documentary is, is very unique and it's very fresh and, and I like it, but are you predominantly like the films you've done? Are they predominantly documentary or like how, how do you go about writing a documentary? You know what so I mean? I, yeah. So I'm definitely more, uh, I'd been wanting to do a feature documentary for about five or six years before Taylor approached me about this. Uh, but I'm, I'm a storyteller. So, you know, if you saw my, TV. That's only a, a little tiny part of all the of, stuff of I've done, but it's it's all fiction, it's all narrative, and so that's how I approached the film. It's how I approach everything, really. Client video, anything. It's I'm always telling a story, a specific story, and I decided to write it as a three act structure, like you would a, a narrative feature film. And then see what happens, see what we got, and see if my guesses of what we might come across would happen. And there was really only one thing that didn't happen that I thought was going to happen when we started interviewing people. Oh. Uh, Just one. Everything else is pretty, almost exactly what I had written that first month that we started working on it. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, the only thing that didn't happen was I I couldn't find I I wasn't really able to find a group of people that were going to say that it blockbuster ruined the movie industry. I really thought that that was going to happen. Not that I felt that way personally, but I really thought that's how people are going to act like when we start Actors and stuff, they're going to be like, yeah, it killed off the indie films and all this kind of stuff. And that it didn't happen. Um, you know, we had the, we had one person. Of who... course. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say if you and, and that that clip is out there, I think now it is. in promotion for the film. But if you as soon as Taylor told me, yeah, we got to interview Lloyd Kaufman. And I was like, oh, I was like, how'd that go? <laughs> and he said, Lloyd is a character and it was a joy. And I said, I can imagine. Yeah. I doubt he said anything good about Blockbuster. He goes, oh no. He goes, Lloyd is militant. <laughs> yeah. you go? Rightfully so. I mean, for all the wonderful memories I have of Blockbuster, you know, being someone who also loved trauma, um, yeah. that was a very hard thing because Blockbuster, I wouldn't say was trying to snuff places like that out, but they didn't see any value in their existence. Exactly. It wasn't malice. It was just they I don't think they thought they would make any money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I had I'm pretty sure I was the one who put uh, Lloyd on our wish list because (laughs) uh, I don't know if Taylor was really familiar with those films. I'm I'm about 10 years older than Taylor. So I I really grew up on those. I don't know how much they continued to to hold that cultural point uh, 10 years later with the next generation. And I just was like, 
who's someone that might have something bad to say because it's not it's not right to not include that point of view. And it, it, it makes the movie so much more complete as a narrative. Yeah, I think, I think so. Thank you. And we thought we'd get it from a lot of people, but it only him. You know, some people we would press in the interview early on. We didn't do it later on because we realized what was going on. But uh, we did press a couple people on that notion about, like, I would say, do you think Blockbuster is responsible for uh, the death of the true indie film? And everyone would just say, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about Blockbuster. It was the only video store in my town. And I got to see a lot of movies that I never would have seen. That was basically the reply from everyone except Lloyd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lloyd is Lloyd is playing a character, too, at the yes, same point. Yes, exactly. Which, he's, and that's, he's, an, he's a sweetheart in real life. I don't know if he'd want me telling people. He's no, such I a mean, nice I've, I've met the guy um, at, at a con. I know I know that to be true. He's he's a uh, uh, he. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, interacting directly, but just to see him and how he interacts with fans, the guy is, the guy is a sweetheart, but, um, all, but, but trauma is a thing. And again, you know, he, they, they were brutal to trauma, right. You know, they were not. And, but it's funny that you put that flip side. Most of my love for indie cinema came from my time working at Blockbuster and the fact that that store gave a lot of films a chance too. So it's a weird double-edged sword. Um, And, you know, I think that the glasses that people are viewing this through now are one of nostalgia plays a big role, but it's also that, you know, how else would I have gotten the entertainment? Yeah. Now no one has a basis for that because anyone can click on Netflix with a good internet connection and see what they want. But if you lived in the middle of nowhere, most likely in 1999, the only thing you had was that blockbuster. You know, yeah. and yeah. they were doing a service that the the mum and pops didn't have as far of a reach. But I do find it incredible poetic justice that the last blockbuster is, in fact, a mum and pop that went yeah. blockbuster. That to me, it, it really seals the deal on what was important. And what was important was that blockbuster was trying to emulate that experience. And in that culturally homogenized that experience. But the stores, because a lot of them were made up of people that either used to work at those stores or wanted that experience, we kind of outwardly fought against the corporate sameness of it and made it unique for everybody. And I think that, and it wasn't like a vindictive fight against, it was just like, no, I want to put my personal spin on it. I'm not going to recommend the movies you wrote on the back of the box. I'm going to tell people (laughs) that if they like this, they should go get this, you know? Um, so uh, before, you know, you, you say Taylor loves Blockbuster and that's that's very apparent. Uh, Taylor is you very is you talk to him for 5 minutes and if you're an enthusiast about something that he's into, you get, "Oh yeah, we're we're the same person." Like I <laughs> talking to him about his his ska movie, I'm just like, "Where did we like hang out together and I just forgot?" You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's just the same the same level of love. But uh what was your blockbuster experience before being involved in the movie? So, you know, I blockbuster was still quite popular when I was already a very successful in the entertainment industry. Yep. And it was, you know, there were a couple, I lived in LA and there were a couple right around the studios where I was working and around 
my, the house I was living in. And I, I, it, it, my memory is that every Friday and a lot of Thursdays, a bunch of us would go and get videos. We would just all hop in the car together and go and get videos. I, I, I remember very specifically one time, uh, the, so I'm really bad. If you listen to my podcast, you'll know I, I am really bad at remembering names. It comes up quite a lot. Me too. And, and I have <laughs> listened and I have, have listened to your show and it's great. Oh, so. thank you. Um, the, uh, the, uh, I'm going to have to look up his name cause otherwise I'm going to go crazy. That's okay. Sorry. I'm going to look up his name. Don't worry. Um, I, I will fill this with me just saying random stuff. Um, <laughs> Don't pay no attention to Zeke's clicking. Ah, uh, so it was Seth MacFarlane who at the time ah, there you was go. writing Johnny Bravo. And I was working on, uh, I think it was Dexter's lab at the time. Uh, You're, I just smiling ear to ear hearing these names. And, and, <laughs> I'm glad that we naturally got to that. Cause it's like, you know, speaking of something that like blockbuster had that, non-corporate feel when you worked there even though it was just thinking about being a kid or a teenager at the beginnings of the cartoon network like when they were first there and it was we have everything of the whole Hanna-Barbera catalog and then these couple of weird space ghost shows that yeah. um, Andy Merrill is making and the what a cartoon show and I yeah. it, like I just felt like watching that you were, you were watching something electric. It's like, this is a whole bunch of creatives all coming together and they would not have had this portal without this channel. It you was know? basically an extension of our college. Cause we all went to college together. Almost oh everybody there. God. And so, and, and I know, and I know that you're, this is an episode about your movie, but I can't, get there without hearing this piece. So please continue. This is, <laughs> this is making me smile like a giddy little child. right? Now. So this would be, this would be right before it became cartoon network when it was still Hanna-Barbera. Yep. And, uh, uh, Seth McFarlane, a bunch of us were going to get videos from a blockbuster. I think it was during the day. It was very, we often didn't work. We often did. Let's call it research and go and get, movies and watch them in one of the conference rooms or tv rooms in the studio and i just remember a bunch of us were going craig mccracken uh, uh robert and zeddy about oh just a bunch you know craig mccracken and robert and zeddy and i were roommates oh um, my god this is and, awesome <laughs> and uh so we were all going to get some videos from blockbuster and seth mcfarland was like Hey, can I go? And we're like, we can't. What do you? Of course, you can go to Block. Why? We can't stop you from going to Blockbuster. And he's like, No, no, I need a ride. I don't have a car. Ah! Uh. <laughs> and so he hopped in my car, and we all went and got videos. And it was just, you know, I don't know why I remember that specifically. I just, it's one of my Blockbuster memories. See, and, and just remember. Only one of you is talking to me about the awesome movie you made right now. And the other one of the people in that conversation made a joke about a bunch of celebrities boobs on stage at the Oscars. So I think you're doing better. <laughs> well, 
I'm just screwing around. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love Seth. We're, we're <laughs> different personalities, for sure. I did ask him to be in the film, but he, he didn't he didn't want to do it. it my, my wife got into Gilmore Girls um, much older than a lot of people did. It was more recent. And she's been watching it. And he's on a few episodes of that show. He, when he was like super young. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like in 1999, 2000. And I'm like, that's Seth MacFarlane. She's like, oh shit, it is. And he's no, playing a complete funny. jackass. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that, that would make sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's so, so and I, I didn't, I never worked at a blockbuster. I never wanted to work at a blockbuster, but I did work at a record store slash video store when I was in college. So I did get, get the whole, video rental experience i know it's different than working at a blockbuster but uh a lot of it, similarities it fits in with the rhyme scheme in my opinion because it's all it's the experience if you have an empty blockbuster or an empty record store it's like uh it's like a cemetery do you know yeah. what i mean it's like these are little memorials to things that you love the, the physical media thing is like a it's just, I mean, I love that part in your movie when the people are touching the VHS and like, cause it's like, <laughs> that's so damn important. And at the time it's like, no, this is a stupid piece of plastic. Who cares? But thinking back on it, you know, there's something about picking up a record, picking up a CD, like feeling the weight of it and all that is really important. When you add that clerk or that cashier or that worker that cares and has knowledge about it. And then you add the customer that yeah, you had the people that were just there to rent the new Michael Bay movie, but they were an important part of that too because they were still foot traffic and they were still seeing and touching and experiencing it just from a different point. And it it reminds me similarly now to when you go to like a, a convention for something and you look around and go, this is people from every walk of life you could ever think of. When they come in here, we have a common goal. And it's, it's uniting. It's weird, you know? Yep. Yep. And yep. I and got lots, never, lots of fond memories from, from working there at the, uh, I can't remember what it was called. Cause I can't remember names, but, uh, Hey, you're, it, you're it in a, good company. It was a CD store that also rented videos and every day, you know, I worked there and I was going to film school at the time and I would go there and. I would recommend crazy movies that I had seen in the film school and <laughs> it was a, it was great. That's awesome. Have you ever seen uh, high fidelity? Sure. Of course. And I always like, that's the, you know, record store people that empire records, you know, there's a lot of them that fit into that, but I always love the part from high fidelity because we, we had a similar thing at blockbuster. You'd have customers going, I make movies. You want to see my movie? And like you'd have someone and like someone's like, oh, that's really good. And I love that part in High Fidelity where Jack Black is sitting there listening to music on the overhead play thing and he's crying. He's like, dude, what's wrong? And he goes, you know, those three skater punks that are always here trying to rip us off. Yeah, this is them. Well, what's wrong? It's really freaking good. (laughs) (laughs) It always makes me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. so you, so, so uh, back for a minute, just cause th- this, this plays parallels, I think with that time period, you know, Blockbuster existed in a world that's very different now. And I think what you guys were doing on the cartoon network there or Hanna-Bar is, so you said it started, you were all together in college. So 
the names yeah. you mentioned are like Craig McCracken, um, Jen D. Tartakovsky. I mean, Dexter's Lab, right? You, that that guy. Yeah. I always cracks me up when, you know, people go, my kid really, really loves, you know, Hotel Transylvania. And I'm like, yeah, that was actually pretty awesome. Did you know that's the guy that did this? And they go, oh, that makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you just because the, the humor, the style is still there. But, um, you know, what was it like then, you know, uh, you go going through, you know, getting you from film school to working with Taylor on this movie? Like, I see, you know, you've got Dexter's. I'll show which always held a nice happy place in my heart powerpuff girls i'm sure there's more stuff than is even on here that you could tell me about but you had your hands in you know my formative cartoons man. i mean <laughs> my, fa- yeah, my formative my- cartoons were like he-man but you, you know what i mean like- <laughs> right right well my favorite powerpuff uh story is that uh craig and i were roommates with rob renzetti who's the guy who uh he created, uh, ugh, now I'm forgetting it. My life as a teenage. No, no, that was a different one. One of the robot shows that was on. Oh, I hope he doesn't hear this. He'll be mad at me. For was forgetting. it Mega's XLR? No, I did work on that too, though. I, I just, did a I'm lot. Not, of, I'm, I did I'm a lot of robot help. shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert Zeddy is crazy talented. He, uh, he worked on all those shows too. He, as a, a director and, uh, storyboard artist um but uh we were all living together and uh in studio city and craig was pitching the show that he had done in college where we all we all went to cal arts california institute of the arts yep and he was pitching his show that basically you do a short every year when you're going there and it was uh it was called the Whoop Ass Girls. <laughs> but it was the same show. It was just called the Whoop Ass Girls, and they said they wanted to buy it, but they wouldn't use that name for obvious reasons. And I came up with the name Powerpuff Girls for it instead. And we went through about a million other names after that. But then we we ended up obviously coming back to calling it the Powerpuff Girls. That's so cool. I I remember when that film was released because at that point it had transcended my you know because that show was on for I mean now it's probably nothing but it was on for more than a couple of years you know that was a juggernaut yeah. for a while and when that movie came out I remember taking my little sister to see it and it just sitting there going like the level of one how are they letting people make this? Cause it's too damn good for, for the, what it is. You know what I mean? And two, I'm so happy they are because it like that guy, you know, at blockbuster, that's just super into movies. The shows you guys were making were a new form of like geeky in joke. Like they were being yeah. made by your friends instead of made by uh, a, a corporate farm farming out, you know, what people like, what they well, think we were, people like, you know what we I mean? Were, yeah, we were all like early twenties. Yeah, uh, you know, eventually got older and kept making stuff, but we were all pretty much right out of college, uh, early to mid twenties, and we all worked together. We all hung out together. Half of us all lived together. Like there was like two or three houses that everybody was roommates, and those three houses added up to most of the shows. Uh, on Cartoon Network. 
That's wild. And I think that's why they all felt that way. Like people, we all we would all pitch uh, stories to each other, and you know, it changed as we got older. By the time we were in our thirties, people were starting to have families and get have enough money to buy a house in L.A., which is hard. Is a lot of money. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> it was pretty great times. I think you were right that it was my life as a teenage robot, by the way, because the only two there's escape from cluster prime and my life as a teenage robot seemed to be the two that Renzetti ah, did that would fall into yes, that robot it is, category. It, it was, it was my life as a teenage robot. I was mixing it up in my head with robot Jones, which is a show as a head writer on a different, I, on a, I see that too. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> but that, Rob was, uh, my life as a teenage robot. Yeah, dude, that, that's crazy. And that, that had a lot of episodes. Yeah, Damn. it was a great, great right. show. So uh, I know that Blockbuster rented a lot of this stuff because I remember renting them. Did you ever like see something you worked on, like in a, even whether it was TV or what, in like a rental box? Because that would just blow my mind. No, like, I didn't. I didn't. Like by the time, you know, they didn't put TV shows. You're right. Yep. out like they do now or like they did in between at that time there was like a really good chance they would never put your stuff out right so, you, you it might never air again too which was the yeah well fortunately on cartoon network and nickelodeon they true. aired everything to death true but i mean i would i'd be somewhere i haven't for years actually even now if someone finds out that I worked on one of those shows, they always tell me like they're start telling me their favorite episodes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Yeah. I God, it, it brings back memories flash, you know, when you start thinking about them and I with, with Dexter's lab, it was always the, uh, the um, Dexter learns uh, French one. <laughs> Where Dee Dee makes the record skip, and so he only learns how to say omelette du fromage. She's I don't omelet. remember that one. <laughs> and it just, I mean, and there's, I mean, I'm looking down the list, all of the ones you did, I remember, but it's just something about that one. It was so brilliant because he's in school and like he gets one answer right because how do you say cheese omelette? But like he was trying to like make a machine that would get him to know French overnight. So he puts in the headphones and the, she just messes it up and the record just keeps omelette du fromage, omelette du fromage. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all, all he ends up being able to say. And I just, that shit was so funny. Yeah, we and, did. We uh, had a, everybody had a really good time making all this. What, um, you know, do, you, you had said you, uh, you know, you guys used to go out and rent a bunch of movies and hang out and watch them. Was there a was there a genre of choice that like is obviously <clears throat> research <clears throat> quote unquote? Um, right. But was there were, were there some um, you know ones because you know having someone that worked at a blockbuster you know you talk about their group did you go out and hang out together? But you were making shows based on hanging out together all the time. So was there like a particular standout of like oh yeah that'll be a cool influence or or, or anything like that? Uh, no, I think. I think uh, like Craig was 
more influenced, uh, I think, by music and yeah, that makes sense. And comic books more than TV shows or movies. And again, it was really hard to rent TV shows then. Yeah. Um, I, it would be a different story now because you can get anything from any country. But, yeah. uh, you know, weird stuff. So, again, I won't be able to remember any of the names. But just weird, weird movies. Things like... Um, uh, I can't remember any of them. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, dude. Is weird weird movies is a good answer because yeah. that that would make a ton of sense. Um, yeah. so so then so you you did forbidden you know, your zone. forbidden for, zone. Ah, there you go. That <laughs> was one of them. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so you did you know your stint making some of the coolest cartoons ever, which is really cool. Um, and then you said there was a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, up to getting involved with Taylor on this movie, what were uh. What were some of the other things you were doing um, in the industry? I probably did. I probably wrote over 100 cartoons. Um, I developed a lot of stuff. Like I wrote the show Bible for Powerpuff Girls, which is before you start a series, you basically write an instruction manual for anyone that you might hire. And it's about, you know, like here's each of the characters, here's their personalities, here's a bunch of show ideas, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then I had development deals at a um, bunch of different studios. Uh, Dick Clark Studios, Nickelodeon, uh, Disney, Cartoon Network. Did I have one? I think I had one at Cartoon Network. Sony. So I just went from studio to studio, uh, getting my own original ideas optioned, and then also fixing. I was a fixer by that point. So they would have me they'd option one of my shows and then at the same time they would hire me to fix other shows that they'd already optioned like a story doctor kind of. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Carrie Fisher job as, as it's always noted, I think she's one of the most like unthanked script doctors in the business. Which really? I always found. Yeah. I guess like that was like one of her big jobs was known for being a script doctor. It's like, that's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I did that and uh, I ended up my last job in Hollywood. I was the creative director at a feature film studio. It was very, very, very stressful. And uh, although it was my dream job, it turned out to be a nightmare. And uh, after I think three and a half or four years, I was ready to leave LA. So I, moved to the quiet hamlet of bend and, uh, and the just, stars aligned yeah yeah i create i invented uh some film gear and had a company that uh manufactured this film gear for a little while and uh and then i just went back to doing i started doing client work um mostly in the outdoor industry so like high-end marketing videos or unmarketing videos. And uh, that's mostly what I do now. That's how I pay the bills. And uh, I do love doing it. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And it, it's just wild that like, you know, other things brought you both to bend. Yeah. And, and hearing him, you know, Oh, I walked into this blockbuster and it was a different one. And then that one closed. He said, he goes, and then it's like, then I find out that there's another one in bend and it's the last one in the country pretty soon. It's so nuts that like, um, something that we just all assumed was dead, you know, yeah. ends up being yeah. the subject for, and, and again, you know, as, as a writer, you know, now that I, I understand that a bit more, it's like, I never really sat down and thought about writing a documentary because in my head, it's like, you know, you're running around and you kind of let the thing grow based on the interviews. But of course you'd need, you, you gotta have an angle. You gotta, yeah. you gotta know, you gotta know but, like what, what tone you're going for and what you're trying to present. And that's yeah, so we knew, cool. We knew we wanted to do something that was lighthearted and humorous. You know, the world, even then, three years ago, was pretty dark place. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I, I've written mostly comedy. Not exclusively, but mostly. And, you know, Taylor's movies are funny as hell. Yeah, they uh, are. They're so, like, when I saw Pick It Up, my cheeks hurt because I had been smiling for an hour and a half straight. Um. And we both were like, let's make, let's not get too heavy into the business stuff. We'll, we'll touch on it enough that people really understand it, but let's make something that's fun and happy and entertaining. We're, we've, we've been on the same page for nearly a hundred percent of the things involved with the movie. It's been very, it's been very rewarding. That's awesome. Now, you know, obviously the, the, the podcast and the movie are meant to be positive, but you know, you, I feel so bad for you guys that, you know, in getting it out there, I mean, cause I remember talking to Taylor in, you know, February and he's like, Oh yeah, we're, we're getting like the finishing touches done on it. And then the world goes into a crazy ass lockdown. And yeah. I think that story is still such a great one because the, the store has been able to turn, you know, that into a positive, you know, we're, we're making it, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And the movie has become a bit of a torch for that, you know, yeah. and I, I think that's really cool, but obviously, you know, a bit of a letdown for you guys to not see your movie in a big theater with a giant audience. But how, how was, um, you know, getting to see it at a drive-in? Did you, I'm assuming you got to be there for at least one of those, if not all of it. Uh, yeah, I think I went to two of the showings. Uh, cause we, we talked afterwards, we did like a Q and a sort of in front of nice. an ocean of headlights. It was very weird. Um, it was a cool experience. You know, I'm, I'm really grateful that, that we got to do that because we were really hoping to do a, you know, a big premiere. There was a, a very high likelihood that, you know, half the town would have come out for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, making films is really hard. It probably yeah. doesn't seem like it. Like if you compare it, compare it to being like an an ER nurse or something. And I definitely would pick it over being an ER nurse. But it's still really hard. And uh, it's rewarding along the way. But you really want to experience the reward after the work is done. And uh, we didn't get to do that so much. 
you know, we didn't get to go to the film festivals, which is a super bummer. Um, yeah. You know, we won a couple awards and it would have been really nice to be there and find out we won. And right. it would have been really cool. Yeah. So, that you know, I'm bummed about that. But, you know, we're really fortunate that we're getting such a great reaction to the movie. Like people really get what we were trying to do. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll sell enough of them that it was worth it financially. Um, cause it, you know, it was three years of each of our lives, Yeah, but no matter what happens with the sales, it's, it is very, very rewarding that people are enjoying the film so much. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I had really hoped, you know, I, I missed the, uh, this is a funny, uh, turn of events. So last summer I did a live recording of this show with the whole crew that I worked at the original blockbuster. I worked at in Salem, <laughs> mass in Salem, mass. I, 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 you know, I rent, I didn't rent out. I, I worked out with a bar to do a live show in there you know, venue downstairs and we had, you know, like 20 people showed up and it was, you know, intimate, like comedy show, almost type of crowd. And nice. I did, uh, I have a game that I, unfortunately, I didn't prepare for today, but uh, you know, I, I played it live. I'm, I'm trying to actually turn it into a sellable game called right quote, wrong movie where you have, a, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like cards against humanity. The, the, right. um, the black card is a movie title and you have quotes in your hand. And you have to match them up in funny ways and people love it. We played it live. It was great. You know, I did trivia. I did all kinds of fun stuff. It was like a three and a half hour thing. It was great, but it was the exact same date and time as pick it up's Boston premiere. And I was, I was so bummed because I had already gotten a rapport with Taylor at that point. And I'm like, I want to, I want to see your movie like live, you know? And it was, but it was, I was doing a blockbuster thing and now, you know, it would have been really cool if you guys had a Boston premiere, you know, to have been able to see it or even better to have done, you know, like a little, you know, like Q and a promo thing for my show with you guys, you know, Hey, the Boston area, Chris guy, you know, mm-hmm. talking about, but, um, I, well, I, I was bummed. I was bummed cause I actually got the Salem horror fest guys to try to run your movie. And then there was a distribution problem with it not being region coded and it, dropped out at the last minute and i was like that would have been so cool too because it it's salem right where my blockbuster was right so all right we uh we we were hoping that and and it's possible it'll still happen uh but i think it's unlikely but we were hoping to get to just do a tour of indie theaters with the film and we would just go drive around the u.s and you know like a music tour but showing the movie a different town every week kind of thing. But I don't think that's, I think by the time it'll, it would be safe to do that. Um, I, I don't know that it would make, I don't know if we'd get enough people coming to make it worth it. Right. Who knows? Right. And that's, yeah. that's the hard part, right. Is, you know, we, we have no idea when it's going to be safe enough again. And that's, right. And that's if you can bummer. just, if you can just go to iTunes and rent it, I don't know if people, which is going to happen now, like people can go and rent it on iTunes or whatever, or I don't know if rent it or buy it or whatever. But uh, if you can do that, I don't know. I don't even know if the indie theaters will still 
be in business. I hope so. Yeah, that's I, I hope so too. That experience, even though it's an experience that I'd be terrified of trying to have right now, yeah. is uh, is one of the most important experiences out there. And so it's it's a bummer that uh, that we're all so selfish that we can't <laughs> make it so we can be alone without being sick anymore. I agree. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. Oh, I feel like yeah, we could all, we could have been done with this already. That's it. I mean, I, I'm I'm about uh, spoiler alert. I'm going to be talking with someone that worked at the Australia Blockbuster before it closed, and oh, they're awesome. done. They're through the pandemic, and everything's open, and they're they aren't. No, it's like that's great. I'm so glad that we are awful. <laughs> but uh, you know, it is what it is. Where, like you said, even three years ago, things were bad, and we're looking semi up right now. I hope. Yes. Um, from a yes. from, fingers tightly crossed. Yes. Yes. For whatever that means, you know. Don't want to get political on my happy show, but <laughs> me, me and Zeke are very happy. Well, <laughs> yes, it doesn't have to be political for people to be safe. Exactly, I agree with you there completely, and it shouldn't be that way. Um. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep you for much longer, but I want to make sure, um, you know, God, here'd be a fun question. I imagine you guys, you know, putting this movie together, it's not a, every scene that was filmed had everybody there kind of a thing, but were there like some, you know, you, you worked in the industry, so maybe there's not as many like bucket list people that were cool to meet, but like who was like the, your favorite interview or like some of the favorite people that you got to in, uh, interact with in making this really it's sandy i yeah, i yes i just i fell in love with sandy she's such a sweet person i i just i really feel i feel close with her more than she probably thinks i should <laughs> she has nothing but the best things to say about you and taylor I oh that's that. that's nice i and really that's I why feel like i've made a really good friend in sandy and you know, probably everyone thinks that who meets her because she's just amazing. Yeah, I know. And she, she seems to genuinely be happy about, you know, like it, it's great to find someone that's in that position that cares. And it's not like, oh, I have all this attention now. So it's like, no, I, she genuinely like it, if it was the last blockbuster in the world and no one gave a crap, she'd still be doing the same thing, you know? And I, I think that's yeah, really a testament to the type of people that that company could attract, um, especially in the franchise and mom and pop sense. I mean, the Tishers seem like the sweetest people in the world too. Like when, when so I asked nice. for, when I asked for an autographed sweatshirt to give away on the show, Sandy got her and I, and I figured I'd get, you know, like her signature and maybe Ryan's. She got everyone who worked at the store at the time and the tissues. Oh, that's and, awesome. it, and, and it's like, that's like so nice. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I, it, they, they I don't spent, make these people this way anymore. You know, they don't. I spent, I spent a fair amount of time with Ken Tisher and I got to say he's rad. I really he like that guy. It. He is such a cool customer, man. I really like him a lot. You know, we have everyone was awesome. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Smith 
he didn't have to give us his time. He's got oh. more important things to do. And he was so nice uh, and just awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, names. Yeah. Uh, just like, uh, uh, I can't even remember the names of the people in my own movie. It's so bad. That's I don't know. Okay. What, it's skateboarding I can't either. <laughs> I, I can't either. And I just watched it like a week ago. So that's uh, no, but you, like, you put everyone you put, who gave our, gave their time, you know, um, it's just, it, they all did it for free. They all gave us their own time. Uh, you know, we, we hired Lauren Lapkus. We, we paid her. Yeah, to, she's, to, she's, to wonderful. she's amazing. I, we, we were directing her over zoom and I'd never met her before that. I knew who she was, of course. We wanted we wanted her to, to do the VO. She was very, very high up on our I really, really hope we get this person list. And uh she's just super down to earth and sweet and really ta- crazy talented. Um but you know, everybody else were interviews. We didn't you don't hire people for interviews, you just interview them. And I got to I hadn't seen James Arnold Taylor uh, is for I hadn't known him for so long. We went to Japan together. Like I'm, it was really great getting to see him again and for him to he's just such a pro. And so to get to have him in the movie was really, really nice. Just everybody, everybody was great. And then Doug Benson. Yeah. I, you know, with- I, I have to give Doug if you're going to make me pick one, I'm going to pick Doug Benson. Because Doug Benson what just totally delivered in the interview, just slayed it. it. Was so I mean, that guy is so crazy talented and yet so nice and down to earth. And then he flew up to Bend on his own dime because we didn't have any budget left. Right. And and he flew up on his own dime and and really delivered for us. Just, I mean, so he gets the award if I had to pick one for the best. No, and he's the one that really surprised me in that, you know, I, I, I mean, I think he's hilarious, but like he seemed genuine. The emotion he showed was that kid is just excited for what they get to be involved in right now. That That's that, what it was. That you can't fake. You can't, you can't. Yeah, a good actor could, but that in an interview, like, and that—that's what you got out of everybody. All of these reactions were so genuine. Yeah, you know, and that I think um, is is a testament one to the to what you guys put together, two to the people you got, but just that that spark of an idea that you said Taylor had it. I think I'm going to do a, a movie about Blockbuster. Who in their right mind would have thought we needed that? I at 17 years old. I mean, I said this in my review. I would have never thought, you know, this would be like thinking that, you know, oh, someone's going to make a movie about, you know, the the time I worked at a Christmas tree shop, you know, or the time I was a, you know, it's, it's, you don't think about that when you're 17 and, you know, okay, maybe in 2015 when Blockbuster was on the outs, I would have expected to see some documentary on Netflix, you know, about it, which I think there were a couple, you know, that they came out, but for something that is just genuinely both very informative and a nostalgic fan film. Like 
you guys made the kind of movie that my dad would watch about the Beatles. You know what I mean? Where it's just getting a bunch of people that loved them together to talk about their memories. And I have now lived long enough, even in 36 years to have worked in that field and have it be detached just enough for it to mean so much without it just being like, Oh, they're talking about blockbuster again, which if you had made this movie in 2004, it would have right. been like eye rolling. Like, why are we doing a documentary about the thing that everybody can see? You right. know, but people it's been long enough now that people, when they think about it, <clears throat> excuse me, they really miss it. Yeah. And God, we saw that happen with the captain Marvel trailer. I remember people at two in the morning sending me texts, Chris, are you awake right now? Are you okay? Did you see the captain Marvel trailer? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I looked at him like, Oh my God, really? Like, if there isn't a better way to put time and place into when you want your movie to take place, that's the yep. one like, yep. damn, like that was brilliant. And I'm, I'm, I'm also really happy that, you know, regardless of what they eventually are going to do with the name, you know, dish network bought the name blockbuster. And of course, Sandy has to, you know, be allowed to use the name on the store and everything. And there's all that, but I like that they're kind of letting it be this niche, fun, nostalgic thing and aren't like doubling down on, you know, as cool as it would be to see, you know, a marketing campaign that went, you know, oh, yeah, Captain Marvel stuck Blockbuster in the beginning. So we're going to open four stores, you know, for a month, you know, and they did a few things like that with like, you know, Deadpool 2 and whatever. But I'm kind of glad that it's still just this. Yeah, if you want to travel to Oregon, you can see it. Yeah. And like that they're able to sell the merchandise in this movie and other things to support the store, not yep. to support the brand name Blockbuster, but to support the people that are showing up to work every day that aren't tr- that are trying to not let this pandemic kill them, you yeah. know, which is, uh, yeah, it's wild. Um, and then, you know, you have like family video that because they're in the lesser um, you know, internet parts of the country, you know, we're, we're doing pretty well up to the pandemic and now are, are hurting. So, you know, I always like to end the, the shows now are a part of it, reminding people that, you know, save the video store, right. You know, just, there is one that's still there too, just like blockbuster and, you know, family video, they were competitors, but now I think they all, uh, they all would love to still be around. I mean, stranger things kind of helped boost their popularity a little bit. There's still indie video stores out there. Yep, if there are, if people are interested, they should look and go support them. I they was should. in Portland uh, not that long ago, and I was like, "Oh, a video store, not a video chain, just a store that rented videos." That's they're so out, cool. Have, have you ever heard of Scarecrow Video? Sure. I'm, I, I learned about them about a year and a half ago and had one of the guys who was one of the founders of it on, and it was just wonderful. And again, you'd think a place like that, they'd be all like, oh, screw block. And instead it's like, no, I'm like, they were great. Like we wouldn't mm-hmm. have half of our collection left if Blockbuster hadn't been there to help preserve it. It's like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know? So Zeke, you know, 
I, I, I hope you had fun. This has been an absolute joy. And, you know, every, everybody, yeah. Zeke is here to promote, um, of course, even though I would talk to you anytime. So please <laughs> keep the line of communication open. Um, I, you know, whatever else you have going on, or if you just want to chat Blockbuster more, but, you know, you'll be hearing this right around the 15th of December, 2020. And Zeke wrote my favorite movie of the year. Um, the last Blockbuster wow. documentary. Uh, you guys okay. have to buy it. Support these guys. Please. Um, <laughs> it's going to be something you're going to want to have around. You know, I, I think, you know, 10 years from now, being able to show it to your kids, you know, watching it now with, you know, people that lived through it. I, I think this, I think this has the potential to be, to be something people didn't know they needed. <laughs> I think you're right. I really do. We tried to make something special. Uh, like it, we were very conscious about hoping that it would transcend just the surface idea of the history of blockbuster. Hopefully we did that. Well, no, exactly. And it, it definitely helps to be able to have one to talk about now and the surprise on the faces of your interviewees when like finding out in real time, wait, there's still one. Exactly. It was so interesting because it's like, you know, I I would imagine, you know, you you could live like you said, you could live in Bend and not know. Absolutely. So so someone I was here here like six years and didn't realize that it was still open. It's so wild. So, you know, get out there, buy Zeke and Taylor's movie, you know, Sandy Harding, even though she wouldn't want to admit it, she's a star. She's yeah. right up there on the top of the marquee over Kevin Smith and Ron Funches. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing to see, uh, to see Sandy because she's just such a nice, sweet person. Yeah. Yeah. Buy, um, buy a digital download and then also buy the Blu-ray DVD, even if you don't have a Blu-ray DVD player. Yeah. And then and also soon it's going to be available on VHS. Which I am buying, even though I am. I own it on Blu-ray and we'll own it digitally and we'll buy the VHS because I don't care. Having this on VHS is something I have to have. I cannot wait to get my VHS copy of it. I'm so excited. A a funny uh, end thing, because I want to give you a a chance to to give a shout out to anything you want to. uh, But um, I forget his name, right? It's Dave, Dave, something with an F. Uh, He is the, he used to be it for corporate blockbuster and he's Sandy's it guy. His whole company is supporting this last store. And so he um, sent me a message on Facebook a month ago. Maybe it was less than a month ago. And he goes, I have to share this with you. The funniest, he goes, of all like the weird things. He goes, how surreal is this? I'm entering a new code for sale into the Blockbuster system for the last blockbuster documentary and i said that's cool he goes uh, <laughs> one of, and one of the ones i have to enter is for a vhs and i'm like that is wild he goes i have no idea if we're going to end up getting it but taylor told me to pull the code for it so i'm doing it and i'm like that's insane <laughs> that's awesome i didn't know uh, that that's great yeah and it's 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 just that that guy is a great interview too because it's you know he's like i i run a current it company that has to work with, you know, prime 1997 technology that they're yeah. still using. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, no, Zeke, it, it's been an absolute joy. Um, you know, I, uh, I, the more I do these shows, the more interesting people I get to talk to. And you've definitely 
both with the blockbuster movie and with your your ties to you know everybody from Cartoon Network and all those other shows. It's and this is why I try to do as little um, pre work as possible because I like mm-hmm. learning about people on the spot. And I'm I'm so happy that the stars aligned and you became part of this. And I I can't wait to find out what else you do, man. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I have some uh, fun ideas, and we'll see what happens. Cool. This is the point where I, I hand the microphone, um, as it were, over to you. And, you know, whether you just want to tell people to buy this movie or any other shout outs you want to give, go for it. Yeah, just uh, support the store, support the film if you can. I really think uh, everybody's going to like the film. And we could all use some some laughs and some smiles, I think. Yes. And some just outward positivity about about simpler times i guess you yeah. know hell hell even seeing the interviews were recorded during simpler times exactly <laughs> well zeke it's been a pleasure uh thank you for making it a talkbuster night or day or whenever it is in california right now i think it's morning for you um it is thank you for having thank, me on chris i really appreciate of, it of course and thank you all for listening and please be kind rewind and please go to bendblockbuster.com um, or go to Pop Motion Pictures or wherever you have access or search the last blockbuster and buy this movie however you can because you know your 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 dollars or more supports these guys. Your t-shirt purchases support the last store in the world and um, hopefully we'll have plenty of years left to talk about um, to talk about these folks. So Thank you. And all so it's much. on it's on uh, iTunes and Amazon. Anywhere yep. that you can rent or download a digital file, they all picked it up. They were all real excited. So it's awesome. out there. Great. Well, everybody have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Chris.